Hello and welcome back to the Three Pillars Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Tobin, a.k.a. Tobinator the Motivator, and this is episode 114, What Does Heaven Look Like? Well, what does it look like? What is heaven? How? Where is it? How do we get there? We're going to discuss all that on tonight's episode. Guys, the Three Pillars Podcast is that podcast where we focus on those three pillars of fitness, spiritual, mental, and physical fitness, to help us grow closer to the Lord on this journey we call life. Uh, tonight, we're going to discuss heaven. We're going to discuss what it is. Again, how we get there, how this divine abode, as we call it, our paradise, has inspired countless generations of Christians. And we're going to really kind of dig into it a little bit, jump into the Bible, see what we can do to discuss it. I got some markers, as you can see. We're going to dive right in. So uh, without further ado, we're going to start with a quick word of prayer as always, and then we're going to talk about heaven. So here we go. Heavenly Father, we just, we love you. We want to spend eternity with you and discover everything there is to know about you, your creation, the universe, and ourselves in the process, Lord. We look forward to spending eternity with you because that is our ultimate goal is to be with you as one holy family. Lord, I ask that you help us tonight uh, confess our, our sins to you. Lord, we know that we have issues. We know we struggle each and every day, but we give all of our, our issues to you. We confess we're sinners and we know that that through your divine grace and mercy that we will be forgiven if we are truly repentant in our hearts. Help us to get to you. Help us to keep our focus on you so that we may live with you in eternity for forever and ever. Lord, I ask you to be with me tonight. Give me the words to say. Give anybody tuning in the eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to receive anything that can grow them closer to you. In the most holy name of Jesus, amen. All right. What does heaven look like? Shout out to Josh Cruz again, my content king over there. Uh, he's getting married next week, so you guys make sure you find him and wish him luck on his uh, journey. Um, it's going to be a good time, so shout out Josh. Uh, our little slice of paradise here on earth is nothing compared to uh, what we're going to have in heaven, uh, but you're about to embark on your own little slice of heaven uh, very soon, so shout out to Josh. So heaven, what is it? what does it look like? How do we get there? So as we said before, you know, Heaven is our paradise. It is a place of eternal bliss. It is our divine abode. You know, in my Father's house, there are many mansions, Jesus said. This is just a place of habitation for you in the Christian afterlife, as it were, in our afterlife, in our eternal afterlife. Um, you know, the Bible is our primary source of information. It gives us all the information that we need about heaven. There's a little ambiguity, right? We can kind of take... Uh, these things, but we're going to utilize the Bible. You're going to utilize scripture to tell us what heaven exactly looks like. Uh, later on, I'm going to do a whole thing on Paradiso, Dante's uh, the third part of the uh, divine comedy. That's going to be down the line. I got I to go back and read all those again, um, but he's going to, he's got a whole new, a different take on it, but it's, it's similar. He gets into it, but um, that's not what this episode's going to be about. We're going to use the Bible uh, to determine what heaven actually looks like. So in tonight's episode, again, we're going to discuss what heaven looks like according to the Bible and dive right in. So if this is your first time tuning in, this is a general layout of everything. We'll hit the housekeeping stuff on the back end. Um, but I appreciate you guys being here very much. So jumping in. First of all, it is God's dwelling place. Okay. The Bible frequently portrays heaven as the dwelling place for God himself. In passages like Isaiah 6, 1 through 4 and Revelation 4, we're going to read those in a minute. Uh, we encounter vivid descriptions of God's heavenly throne room, marked by its splendor and majesty. It is a place where God's glory shines brightly and angelic beings worship Him continually. If you guys are familiar with Dr. Heiser's work on a divine council, he gets into a lot of this throne room 
um, descriptions, and you'll find it in Daniel, Isaiah, Revelation, lots of places you're going to find this divine council, this divine throne room uh, motif, but that's what God does. He presides over the universe from his throne, and the earth is but his footstool. So this is where he lives. Isaiah 6, 1 through 4. Uh, yes, 1 through 4. In the year of King Uzziah, uh, in the, it was in the year King Uzziah died that I saw the Lord. He was sitting on a lofty throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Attending him were mighty seraphim, each having six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, and with two they covered their feet, and with two they flew. They were calling out to each other, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. The whole earth is filled with his glory. Verse 4, Their voices shook the temple to its foundations, and the entire building was filled with smoke. So this is his abode. This is his throne. This is where he spends a lot of his time governing the universe. Now, God doesn't need a house. He doesn't need to eat. He doesn't need to sleep. He doesn't need to drink. He just is and he exists. But his role in this passage is to govern. This is a whole throne room scene. What does a king do? He sits on his throne and he governs. That's exactly what he's doing here. And he's got attendants. He's got uh, the seraphim, the six-winged angels. I look up biblically accurate uh, angels, right, and see what a seraphim is. Uh, as they uh, uh, attend the throne room and just pr pronounce his glory uh, for all eternity, all day, every day. But that's what he does. Um, and again, the train of the robe of the Lord fills the whole the whole temple. So it's effectively a giant uh, temple uh, type throne room, right? So that's one kind of glimpse. That's part of his dwelling place. It's, if you just imagine him sitting on the throne and just governing, that is uh, part of his, his, his dwelling place. Next uh, verse, Revelation 4. Jump to the back. Ba, 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 ba. Revelation 4. It's a pretty short chapter. I'm just going to read the whole thing because it's my podcast and I can do what I want to, right? Uh, Revelation 4. Then as I look, this is John. This is the um, John the Revelator on Patmos having his uh, his vision of heaven uh, while he's in exile. Was that around 70 AD is what they say? Somewhere in that ballpark. I don't, don't even quote me on dates, but it's somewhere to that effect. Uh, John writes in Revelation 4. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before me spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, Come up here, and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the Spirit. So heaven is in another realm. Yes? Yes. <laughs> and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was, a brilliant, was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an, emerald of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. Twenty-four thrones surrounded him, and twenty-four elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion, the second was like an ox, the third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they kept keep on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Wherever the living beings, whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, 
the one who lives forever and ever. The 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and they exist because you created what you pleased. So, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, is, and who is still to come. This is, is a place of worship. It is a place of praise eternally. And that is what we look forward to in heaven, is to join in that worship and praise in the governance of the cosmos. That is uh, part of God's dwelling place. That's his, his eternal spot. But he can also incarnate himself as man, i.e. Jesus, be in the, as the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us, because that is how powerful and omnipotent and how omnipresent and how omniscient he is. I believe I got the three O's right there. There's a lot there. And that kind of leads into, you know, where is heaven? It's in another realm. You know, is it in space? Is it beyond space? Are we in a closed system? Not going to get into all that. It, but it is in another realm. John was transported in the spirit to, to another place, to the throne room of God, which eventually, as we'll get into in a little bit, will be in the new heaven, on the new earth, uh, and we will all, all live eternally there forever, kind of like Eden, but we'll get to that in a little bit too. So, first and foremost, God's dwelling place. What else does it look like? Well, streets of gold and pearly gates. So the book of Revelation, uh, particularly chapters 21 and 22, offer detailed descriptions of the new Jerusalem, in, in, which is the uh, kind of the, a city in heaven, like the capital city, if you will. It's described as having streets made of pure gold and gates adorned with pearls. This imagery symbolizes unparalleled beauty and opulence. So we think about paradise, streets of gold, gates of pearls, all these different things. I'm going to read the descriptions here uh, of the, the new Jerusalem. It, again, these last two chapters aren't very long. I'm just going to read them because they're worth it. Okay, if you haven't heard it, this is a good place to start. We talked about where to begin the other week. Well, this is where it all ends. So <laughs> here we go. The New Jerusalem, chapter 21 of Revelation. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared, and the sea was also gone. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them. So not only do we have streets of gold and pearly gates, which I'm going to get to that in a little bit, but God is going to be with us. That's his... His abode will be with us. He's not with us uh, in, in the physical right this second. He's with us with the Holy Spirit. But when he comes back in the new Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth, he will be with us once again. We will be able to physically uh, see him or an incarnation of him because you know, a lot of people have attempted to see him and they could, just couldn't because he's so magnificent, right? Uh, he has got to appear in a form that we can handle, you know, spiritually and, and physically. Um. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, this is verse 4, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. So again, this is kind of point three, no more tears or suffering. One of these most comforting aspects of heaven um, is the absence of suffering, pain, and sorrow. And we just read that in verse 4, that he's going to wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning, crying, or pain. This promise, it's going to, it embodies the hope of eternal peace and joy. So anytime someone you love passes away and they're right with the Lord and they're in heaven, they don't have to deal with the torments of the earth. 
the toils of the earth. It's all gone. All every every mournful thought, every sorrow, every every again, every tear will be wiped away by God Himself personally. And that's that's just you know when the New Jerusalem comes back too. But I, when when you pass that from this plane now, even this is this is part of what heaven is. And the one on the throne, this verse five said, "Look, I am making everything new." And, and then he said to me, write this down, for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of the water of life. All who are victorious will inherit all these blessings. And I will be their God and they will be my children. Just like he's always wanted from the beginning. Even in Genesis, when he talks about Eden. What was that? That was paradise. That was heaven on earth. Until we, until we mucked it up. The water of life will flow again from uh, from the Lord, and we will be able to drink of it and be quenched of all of our thirsts. Um, just like he said at the beginning, he wanted to walk with us and teach us and, and guide us and, and, and counsel us and, and let us take part in creation. That was our original purpose, and again, that got wiped away. He came back, he fixed it, and at the end, when heaven comes back to earth, and in heaven right now, it, it will be this paradise. And then when it comes back on back on earth, it'll be everything brand new. Any again, no no weeds, no thorns, no thistles, perfectly lush, beautiful. It's it's almost hard to describe, but we're gonna try. So let's keep going. Verse eight. But cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt murderers, the immoral, and those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Then the one of the then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came to and said to me, Come with me, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper, as clear as crystal. The city wall was broad with high, uh, with broad and high, with twelve gates guarded by twelve angels, and the names of the twelve tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were th there were three gates on each side, east, north, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had twelve foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. When he measured it, it, he found it was square and as wide as it was long. In fact, its length and width and height were 1400, each 1,400 miles. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to human standard used by the angel. The wall was made of jasper, and the city was pure gold as clear as glass. The wall of the city was built on the foundation stones inlaid with twelve precious stones. The first was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, agate, the fourth emerald, the fifth onyx, the sixth carnelian, the seventh chrysolite, the eighth beryl, the ninth uh, topaz, the tenth chrysoprase, chrysoprase, the eleventh jacinth, the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were made of pearls each gate from a single pearl. It's a big pearl. And the main street was pure gold, as clear as glass. I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city has no need of sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city. And the Lamb it's, is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. 
Its gates will never be closed and the end, at the end of the day because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who, dis, who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the book of life. It is an absolutely beautiful sight. And this is heaven on earth. So if this is the description of heaven on earth, it's got to also be a description of heaven as it sits right now that's descending down into earth. It just takes, it's a, it's a melding of the spiritual and the physical, and it all becomes one. The veil is completely gone, and it comes down on earth. So this is heaven. This is what it is. It is a beautiful place. It is a shining place. It's got water. It's got streets of gold. It's got animals. We've gotten, we talked about the, the creatures. Those creatures are probably the seraphim. Uh, looking at uh, what we read in chapter 4 uh, with the six wings and everything like that. Um, and we're going to get to the rest of it here in a minute. But it is an absolutely beautiful place with no no suffering, no pain, all joy. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing. Josh hopes this answers your question. I'm trying to get it. I'm, I'm, this is going to be a little bit of a longer episode because it's a lot to cover here. But um, that is, you know, th th we're going to continue on with the description here. Chapter 22. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and, the, and of the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. There will be a lot of destruction after the wrath of the Lord. They're going to need a lot of healing. That's going to be part of our job, I think, is to help heal the nations and bring them to this new Jerusalem in the heaven that will be earth. I think this Eden concept will be global. It won't just be in this one spot. It'll be the entire earth will be like Eden. That's that's my take. I'm not the only one. No longer will there be a curse upon anything for the throne of God and the and of the lamb will be for the throne of God and of the lamb will be there and his servants will worship him. And they will see his face and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the, Lord's, the Lord God will shine on them and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, Everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God who inspires his prophets has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy written in this book. I, John, am the one who heard and saw all these things, and when I heard them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed them to me. But he said, No, don't worship me. I am a servant of God, just like you and your brothers, the prophets, as well as all who obey what is written in this book. Worship only God. Then he instructed me, Do not seal up the prophetic words in this book, for the time is near. Let the one who is doing harm continue to do harm. Let the one who is vile continue to be vile. Let the one who is righteous continue to live righteously. And let the one who is holy continue to be holy. And that's kind of, it goes on to the end of it. Um, not really much more description there. Um, we know what the city looks like. It's an absolutely beautiful place. Is it a cube? Is it a, is it a pyramid? Lots of people want to talk about the shape of it. All I know is that it's going to be a massive city with 216 feet thick walls. Because once it comes onto earth, now the glory of the Lord spreads throughout the whole earth. And, you know, in an instant, in a, in a, in a in years, whatever it takes us to go out and retake the earth. I don't know. But that's what it will look like uh, when it gets back here on earth. Um, it is a place of eternal fellowship. Heaven is portrayed as a place of eternal communion with God and, and, and of fellow believers. It's a place where relationships are deepened and a sense of God's presence is unceasing. 
The marriage supper of the Lamb in Revelation 19.9 symbolizes that intimate fellowship between Christ and his church. So 19.9 reads, And the angel said to me, Write this, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words that come from God. And John's always falling down at the feet of this angel. He's, he's like, Stop, I'm just a servant. Worship him. That's 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 God, not me. <laughs> so you know, you know what an angel says, Hey, stop. I, I get it. I'm kind of this like divine being, but don't give me your worship. It's it's him. The wedding feast. It's it, it, weddings are a place of eternal uh, communion and fellowship. You know, we just talked about Josh getting married next week. It's going to be a time of great communion and fellowship. Imagine this celebration, this glory, this wonder uh, for all eternity, and in praise of the Lord. It's not like everybody's you know, getting bombed of alcohol or anything like that. It's more of just the fellowship. And guys, we've made it. We're here. God's here. Let's worship him. Let's learn from him. Let's be together and fellowship with him forever. And it's going to be a beautiful thing. In heaven, believers can anticipate a deeper understanding of God's mysteries. So we're talking about learning from God. So in the original state that we were in, uh, where's my, my marker for, here we go. In the original state we were in, we were actually walking with God. Adam and Eve were walking with God. The whole intent behind that was to walk with and learn from God all the secrets of the universe. But instead, we got tricked into eating of the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and, and botched that whole situation, thinking that we could go ahead and have a fast pass to all that. No, just like when you're trying to teach a child something, it's a crawl, walk, run, one, crawl, walk, run method. You can't just start running. You have to build up to that. If you're going to be good at something, you have to be taught it. You have to get the reps over and over again. You're not just automatically like got it down 100%. This is what we expect in heaven is unveiling God's mystery. He's going to teach us. And we're going to learn probably from the other angelic beings that are out there, the other Elohim that are that are going to be his emissaries. are going to be able to teach us and, and show us anything we ever want to know, I think, will be there. 1 Corinthians 13, 12 says, And the same is true for you since you are so eager to have this. Wait a minute. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. 13, oh, I was in 14. My bad. 13, 12. Now we see things imperfectly like puzzling reflections in a mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All I know now is partial and incomplete, but then I will know everything completely, just as God knows me completely. 13, 12. We see reflection of heaven right now. We know the things of the earth. We, we think we can pick these things apart, but there's always something missing. We try to get down to it. And when we find that missing thing, we find that it is going to be God. A lot of times science proves the existence of God. They just won't tell you that. But we will be able to fully know all of these things when we are in heaven with God as we become closer with our relationship with him. Even here on earth, I think we can start uncovering his mysteries as we have him um, reveal them to us and teach them to us. In heaven, we're going to have him face to face, knowing fully, even as we are fully known now. He's going to know us just like he already knows us better than we know ourselves. We're going to have a, an even more, uh, an even closer relationship with God once we get to heaven. And, or when heaven comes down to earth, whichever one comes first at this point, right? <laughs> Every time we open, wake up, it's another chapter of Revelation outside, so it might be closer than we think. Um, so our questions are going to find answers uh, when we get there, and, and our faith in God is going to, and it's going to fill us full of that, uh, that knowledge. Um, everlasting life and glory. Heaven is characterized by its eternal nature. 
It's not just a state of existence, but an unending, an unending, an unending existence. The promise of eternal life in the presence of God is a central theme throughout the Bible. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have everlasting life. That is a promise that if you believe in Jesus, you will not perish. You will have eternal life. I don't even need to need to get into that, but thir, um, John 3, 17. Uh, da, 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 da. I, don't, I don't have that one memor memorized. My bad. <laughs> uh, for God sent his son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Okay. He's going to save the world. By judging the world. <laughs> He's got to come back with a sword. He's got to wipe out the evil. There's a lot of it in there. We can do our part here the best that we can. But ultimately God's going to take care of that stuff for us. Vengeance is his. Okay. And the Marines they trained us to arrange the meeting though. So sometimes the bad guys get a fast pass. Anywho. <laughs> back at it. It's a place full of worship and adoration. We talked about it earlier. All the all the six-winged creatures and all the... The... Um, the um, other thrones and the elders that were out there were always worshiping the Lord. So it's a recurring theme throughout the entire Bible. Revelation, again, portrays its heavenly beings and these redeemed saints continually worshiping God. But it's a place where adoration and praise are unceasing and believers join in the eternal chorus of worship. So it's a place of music. It's a place of light. It's a place of beauty. And we will constantly be in worship and in a state of just honoring and glory to the Lord. It's going to be beautiful. I can't wait. We talk about the new heaven and new earth. We already read Revelation 21. 1. Um, heaven is not just a distant realm, but ultimately will be with a renewed creation. It, this is, it presents us this vision of restoration of the earth, and not just the earth, but the cosmos. There's a lot of chaos in the world. But God brings order to the chaos. Heaven exists in this, in this realm. It is a perfect place. But when the time is right in the, in the Lord's time, it will come to earth and it will redeem the entire earth. All of us and the cosmos will all be one beautiful, uh, orderly thing. <laughs> um, so that's what heaven will be. It, it's gonna, it's already a place of paradise. But when it comes back to earth, it will be everything will be brand new. You're not gonna age. You're not going to. Um, Again, see see if there's a crack on the ground. No more cracks. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know. Everything will be made made whole. Everything will be made perfect. Um, so that is what you look, can look forward to in a new creation. Um, John fourteen six. Though, how do we how do we get there? Most of you know John fourteen six. Jesus told him because Thomas said, "We have no idea where you're going. How are we going to know the way? How do we get? How do we? You're leaving us. How how do we get there?" Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Heaven's not earned, but it's received through grace. Jesus paid our debts. He paid the price. And the grace of the Lord is not uh, that you can just go sin all you want to. It's the power of God not to sin. So by knowing him, by knowing him, you know the Father. So by knowing the Son, you know the Father. And letting the Holy Spirit work through you, you will get to heaven if you focus on Jesus as the way. There's no other way, Oprah. <laughs> There's no other way to get to heaven except through Jesus. 
and it takes nothing but believing loyalty. Accept his grace, accept his salvation. Do your part to show that gratitude and live a life uh, worthy of that salvation. There's nothing you can do to, to gain it or lose it. It's already been done. But if you don't accept it and live your live your righteous life, it what's it for? You can't just you can't just say, Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus and then go out and commit murder. Doesn't doesn't work like that. Oh Jesus, I'm sorry. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to truly be repentant in your heart and you have to truly uh, give yourself to the Lord. And by doing that, you're going to live a, a, a good and fruitful life. But it, you, you can't just, oh, yeah, I'm a believer, and then not act like a believer. Just <laughs> Faith without works is dead. Okay, So that is how you get to heaven. It is a beautiful place. It is, it is a, a version of Eden, how it should have been at the beginning. Um, if you want to really get into what, what does it look like, what, what, what did Eden look like, Oh, it was just a place of, of paradise. It was lush. It was beautiful. Diverse trees, plants, animals. All that's what earth will be again. So if you want to really get into what what heaven looks like, what it will look like, just go read the book of Genesis, the first first uh, couple chapters. And it'll describe, you know, what is all the rivers and the water and the, and the trees and, the, and just the beauty of the world, as it were. A um, couple other points see if I got anything else here ba, 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 ba. yeah I think that pretty much covers it so to conclude the Bible gives us a rich tapestry and promises that collective uh, promises that collectively offer a glimpse into what heaven will look like it is a place of indescribable beauty eternal fellowship with God and other believers the absence of suffering and unceasing worship while our understanding remains limited, the Bible's portrayal of heaven invites us to place our hope and trust in the promise of a glorious eternal future with Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Thanks be to God. Okay. Guys, that's all I got for you this week. I hope that answers your question, Josh. I hope that answers you guys' question. What does heaven look like? Um, it's just, it's indescribable, really. I did my best uh, trying to give you places in Scripture that talked about it, but it is truly remarkable, and it's going to be a beautiful place. I would like to see all of you guys there. If you don't know who Jesus is, you don't know, know, accept him into your heart right now. Lord, be with these people. They are, are yearning for you. Be with them in their lives. Fill them full of the Holy Spirit and let them confess that you are uh, Lord and Savior. Um, and then we can all worship and, and, and live it for eternity with Jesus together in heaven. That's what I would like to see for all like five people that listen to this podcast. As there's a few more. I, I, I'm not quite to 100 yet, but there's there's lots of people that listen to this. I want to hang out with all you guys and spread this 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 message to the world that, that the gospel is is the good news that we will be there with Jesus forever. If you like this podcast, if you like what we got going here at Three Pillars Podcast, please subscribe to the show. If you're watching on YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, wherever you find video content, we're also on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Pandora, wherever you're at. Leave us a rating and review. Share the show. Share the links. Follow me on Instagram, Three Pillars Podcast. Follow me on Facebook. Got the same same thing. Uh, that's how this show grows is, is engagement, followers, views. You guys know that stuff, but it's not about that. It's about the message, which is Jesus loves you and he wants to be with you in heaven forever um check us out on good pods uh that podcast discovery platform it's going to help us uh help this this show grow uh check out joe Rusiello, the sword of the spirit podcast over there he's an awesome teacher uh, you'll enjoy him as well also check out the three pillars podcast dot uh, wordpress.com for the blog for fitness tips for motivational quotes of the day all that jazz 
you'll find it over there. I hope you will join me uh, every week in this podcast. So, guys, I appreciate you tuning in very much. We're going to end with a quick word of prayer as always and then kick you guys out for a phenomenal weekend. So without further ado, let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We just praise your name on high. We can't wait to be with you in heaven forever. But until then, we have work to do here on earth. Give us the tools to navigate this plane. Give us the tools to bring as many people to the fold as possible. Lord, give us the tools and the resources to, to increase our faith and our strength every single day, mind, body, and spirit, so that we can go forth and, and to the, the corners of the, of the universe that we can reach <laughs> and, and proclaim your name and to bring more people in to, to advance your kingdom. Help us keep our armor strong that we can go out and fight for you and keep that fire of our faith burning inside of us like an inferno now and forever. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. All right, guys, I love you all very much. God bless you all. Until next week, Tobinator out.